Hello and welcome to the Winging It podcast, episode 34, Travelling with Linda King from the Smart Travelista blog and website. Linda used to be a travel agent and a banker, but has travelled to 31 countries to date, and I can't wait to get her experiences on record, as well as some good travel chat. Linda, welcome. How are you doing? Good, James. Thank you for having me. No worries. I'm looking forward to this because you're based in Australia. I love Australia. So where are you at the minute? Um, I'm in Melbourne. But originally from Sydney. Okay, what made you um, swap places? Um, well, I've lived, you know, most of my life in Sydney. Um, my, both my parents are from Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just with, as kids we spend a lot of time in Melbourne as well as Sydney. So it was like half and half. So I feel like they're both my home in a way. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. They're very, very different now, aren't they? In terms of uh, lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Sydney's very cosmopolitan, probably a lot like London. Yeah. Um, and Melbourne's a little bit more laid back and probably a little bit European in their lifestyle. Yeah, the trams and stuff, right? And the trendy coffees. And yeah, it's very, my favourite part is uh, South Melbourne by Albert Park. I think that little area by Clarendon Street, um, up and down there, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Whereabouts are you living in Melbourne at the minute? Um, I'm in the north. So not far from the airport, which is really handy when I'm on when I need to go somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be near the airport, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. The other, side of, other side of Melbourne and, and spend a lot of money on Ubers or taxis. So, um, yeah, up up north. Um, yeah, so, and it's quite a quite a nice place where we are. It's got a lot of a bit of nature reserves. So we see a lot of kangaroos and a bit crazy in Melbourne. Like you know, everyone thinks kangaroos are. <laughs> running all the way through Australia yeah okay, literally literally on the other side of the road of it opposite our house wow saw about 13 13 of them at dusk the other night um so yeah I think we're really blessed um yeah in Australia absolutely to have the, you know the wildlife so close yeah it's one of the uh, highlights of Australia because we've just moved here in Vancouver to uh North Vancouver and that's kind of renowned for having bears just go into people's gardens during the six, seven months they're awake. So they're just about going to sleep, which is a bit of a dangerous time because they're searching for food um, before they hibernate. So yeah, that's a bit of a danger. I don't think there is danger. Uh, they're more dangerous than kangaroos for sure. Like I know kangaroos can like, I don't know, hop out on the road and crash into your car or something, but bears can just like rub, rub, rummage through your bins or attack your dog. So uh, for like three quarters of the year, you're not on tenor hooks, but you're like, oh, hear stories like oh someone went a bear went into my garden the other day and nicked some of my rubbish and it's just that sort of um it's great but it's like a bit dangerous as well yeah yeah i hear you <laughs> <laughs> um we're gonna go straight into um your smart travelista um blog and website um which i've had a look at and it's great um tell us a little bit why you're focusing on as I can see, it's about smaller budgets or more efficient budgets when traveling to make your money go further. What, what inspired you to have that sort of like mantra or that message on your, on your blog and website? Yeah, look, I think it's what I do. So yeah. having worked in the travel industry, I've got a lot of expertise around travel um, and having worked in banking, um, who, you know, everyone loves saving money, but yeah. it's how, how you get a quality travel at a low cost. 
So I, I don't really go too much backpacking or, um, you know, uh, Airbnb sorts of um, travel. It, it's more about having that luxury, but not at the cost that most people would pay. Yeah. Um, so everything that I write about, blog about, and uh, that are in my books is, are things that I actually do myself or things that I've learned how to do um, to save money. So, you know, being in the travel industry, I was really fortunate. They got a lot of discounts um, and, yeah, pretty much travelled the world. Yeah. When I left that industry, it was like, okay, I'm used to this lifestyle now. Mm -hmm. How do I still do that without spending the amount of money that, um, that most people spend? So it was just around that. Um, when I travel, I always, and, and from travellers as well as family and friends, are always asking me tips, travel <laughs> tips. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for instance, I would turn up at an airport. Um, people were in economy, but I was in business class, and they saw me in business class, and they're like, did you pay for that, air, that, that um, airfare? And I say, no, I didn't. <laughs> and they're like, how did you do it? And I'd say, well, they're, they're state, state secrets, but um, if you're lucky, I might tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have to dig into that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, but, yeah, I would always get people asking me. And then it was funny. I was on an international flight. This is pre-COVID, of course. Yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, you know what? I should be writing this stuff down. I should be sharing it with people. Writing's always been a passion. Travel's a passion. So it was a really good meshing of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been really successful. I'm authentic um, and, and talk to people in a conversational, I suppose, conversational way. Yeah. And people seem to like it. So you just do what people like, right? If people are engaging with you and they like it, then you're obviously on something good. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got quite a few questions about this. But um, what would you say it's fair that, a lot of people who book maybe luxury travel or travel that's not, you know, the opposite end of backpackers, like very comfortable, wouldn't spend money, are kind of like, they, they want you to save them money on their trip, but kind of don't really care. Like they'll just give you a budget. Yeah, you've got this amount of money, you, you can spend that. Like they don't have no say in arguably where they, too much where they go, just they want to know it's comfortable, it's good. So have you found that people's opinions are now changing where, in these times, especially post-COVID now, people are, are going to want to save money anywhere they can on their trip? I think so. I think, you know, there's a, a place for travel agents and there's a place for doing things online. Okay. I think the thing that really will decide it for someone who's a traveller is whether they've got the confidence or, and they want to put in that time and commit to doing a bit of planning, doing a bit of research. Yeah. Because to save the money, it's going to going to take that right yeah if you go to a travel agent you're paying for their expertise and they do that for you so you're, mm -hmm. you're it's coming at a cost you can do it if you know that just and, and for me and, and probably for you as well these things are a, a, a second nature yeah. people that don't know how to do it it isn't and you know once you know how to do it you can run with that yeah and i think I, I love the process. So, so maybe some people don't, don't like it, but the process of looking at flights and then looking at places to stay and then what local tours or local things can we see and do, but not be overpriced or not get as good as you can. I love that whole process, but I can also see that some people don't like that process. I guess that's where the travel agents come in, right? Just to help them with that. Yeah. And yeah, they, if someone, 
they may not want to do it either, you know. Um, yeah. And if they don't want to do it, then the travel agent's the perfect solution. Um, but I think after COVID, one, people are wanting to travel more because they haven't for so long. Yeah. And two, they probably, probably don't have the money that they once had because a lot of people, I mean, I've been really lucky. I've kept a job all the way through COVID, um, but some people have lost their job. So they still want to have that trip every year. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. I, one, once might have spent a few thousand dollars. I don't have that money to spare now, but I still want to go to Bali at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe if I do it myself, it's going to be a bit cheaper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think because um, no one really knows what the world's going to look like travel-wise. Um, I think we're starting to see flickers of, well, I've just flown back to UK from Canada for, for a few weeks and the whole process is pretty seamless. Like we're double vaccinated. So as long as you can prove that and you've got your test book when you arrive here, like it seems pretty seamless, but they will all eventually go away. So when travel is back to maybe where it was before, we can go on any flight at any time, which seems crazy considering how long we've been in lockdown or in COVID. Um, yeah, I, I'm keen to see what is it going to look like? Is, it, is our prices going to jump up because people have not gone anywhere for a while or are they going to be really cheap because they're desperate for people to go to back to where they were? So what's your thoughts on that? What do you think it will look like? Before, when COVID was on, I thought they would increase prices. Yeah. But I think I've got a feeling that they're going to drop the prices. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've just got that inkling through through my research and, and just my inkling about and talking to other people, I think if they put it up too high, people are going to go, you know what, forget it. We'll wait till there's a sale on. So I think even though the airlines and all the travel companies have lost so much money, and they've, I mean, in Australia, they've lost billions and probably the same worldwide. Yeah. Um, I think they'll take a bit of a loss to start with to get those, get those customers back, get them travelling, getting, getting them into the rhythm. So I think... Look, it could go either way, but I think potentially they might keep the, the, the costs low just to start getting that, generate a bit of that demand. Yeah, and I think even then people still want to save money. And that's, I guess that's where your idea and expertise come into the fore, right? Because you can advise people on the best buck for your, you know, best dollar for your buck and stuff like that. So do you think yeah. you're going to start to get pretty busy, maybe like post New Year, do you think? I've already started getting busy. Oh, really? Oh, um, great. I've really, I've really seen an up, upswing. And yeah. It's funny, through, through COVID, I was still selling books. Yeah. But it seems to have ramped up a little bit more um, and people, there's a lot, a lot of interest. So based on the, just the trends I'm seeing, it's starting to ramp, ramp right up. I think, <laughs> um, I know Australians are eager. Yes, they are. Yeah. Oh, they're chomping at the bits. To get yeah. on an international flight, as I am as well. Yeah. Um, November is is the month, so the first international flight leaves out of Sydney on the fourteenth of November. Where's that to? London. Oh, London. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're also going to do LA. So um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be quite a number. I haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure those flights are going to sell out pretty quick. So um, watch out the world. Australians are coming, aren't they? I think you'll see the Australian army. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. They're known worldwide. Definitely known worldwide. I know yeah. that. 
Um, tell yeah. us a bit about your book as well. You mentioned your book. Um, what's your book called? And I guess it's along the same lines of, of your mantra for your website and blog, right? Yeah, I've actually got four books. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the first one's um, about finding your best, the best tra travel bargains and managing your budget. So that was sort of an introduction into how to do a lot of things online, uh, little tips and tricks that most some people might not know about. Mm -hmm. um, how to save money before you travel, but also while you're traveling. Yeah. Um, second book um, was best overseas bargain shopping. So I've got a bit of a oh. destination guide. I'm a bit of a shopper. I love okay. shopping. Yeah. Um, and I've shopped worldwide. So it's just a few of my favorite places. Third book was how to increase your airline loyalty points and fly for free. So this was really oh, yeah. around how to maximize it your frequent flyer miles and points yeah. mm -hmm. and fly for free. So this is one thing that I do quite heavily. My, I've got a lot of strategies around that with my yeah. own travel. Um, and then the fourth book, which I thought was very topical, how to protect your travel health and safety. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, good timing. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, health has always been really important, you know, with vaccinations, going to developing countries and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But I think it's just ramped up a bit more um, because of the pandemic. And safety is always a, a consideration as well, depending on where you're travelling to. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so I try and write things that, I, that are topical, but also something something that I would have probably looked for had I not been in the position that I was in. Um, I would have been interested in these sorts of topics myself. And then, you know, also from feedback that I get from other people. Um, yeah, so your, your your books are sort of covering the sort of experiences that you've got from people that you've seen throughout worldwide, right? They've probably told you some stuff that you may may not have known and thought, oh, I can add that into my travel agent or, or book. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've put in the books is probably common sense to me. Okay. I because I've been doing it for a while. Uh, but some of it is probably not known to a lot mm -hmm. of people. Okay. Um, I think... If you're in the industry, you, you get a bit of the insider tips. Um, but some of the things are um, helpful tips, mainly around the travel, the, tra the money saving um, and helping people have a better trip. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you want, right? That's what you want, just that people enjoy their trip. I guess that's quite a lot of pressure on a travel agent though, isn't it? Because they're kind of relying on you to make that happen. And I guess yeah. if it goes wrong, people can get disappointed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it can just yeah. be a dis disappointment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's um. Also, I've got a few other books on the on the the um boil at the moment. Two other books, um, and also probably three quarters of a way through the first draft of a travel memoir. So, ah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I'm kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> um, for my last, I think, ten years, I've gone back. Um, just to kind of note note things down before I forget them. So, um, how are you finding your memoirs? Is it, is it is it challenging with memory, or do you have a good journal from your past travels? I've got a lot of journals that okay. I'm um, taking a lot of information from. Um, it's a different sort of writing. So the books, the four books that I've written are nonfiction. This mm -hmm. one is nonfiction, but it's more creative. Yes. So it's not difficult. But it's a little bit more challenging. Um, it's not something that you can really do quickly. Um, mm -hmm. 
And but but it's really good because as a writer, you want to develop your skills, right? You want to. You might be writing in one genre, but you want to also do other things. And I think as a writer, you've got to keep challenging yourself. Um, yes, and I think I'm not a writer. I, I well, I am, but not a very good one. So this is quite challenging for me because. Um, like you say, you have to try and keep the reader interested. I mean, it's easy to note down what you've done. Oh, we went here, we went there, we've done this, but it's not that exciting, isn't it? So you need trying to chuck in a, a few stories or make it creative, right? It's quite a, it's quite a difficult art to, to master. Yeah, I think for me, it's about showing and not telling. Mm. So you can describe where you've been. Yeah. You can describe what happened. But you've got to really show people um, that through your words um, and, and also through the words, build a picture in the reader's mind. So it's not about giving them everything that's happened, mm-hmm. but building that picture so they've got an image so they can get that image in their mind. I think you've got to get the readers invested in your book. Yeah. And that's what keeps them turning the pages. Yes. And I think that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> like, I don't know year six are they still interested in what i've got to say next um the problem i've got is i don't know if you experience this at all is i have i'd say the most exciting part of my travel was probably quite early on maybe like year three and four out of ten so i keep thinking ah is the is the stuff after that going to be as good and that's always on my mind whether to keep going or just make it more about that period of time i can't decide you know what? It's about what you want it to be, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. People are waiting to hear, hear your story. Everyone's got a story in them. Yeah. And, and, and everyone's story is unique. So it's yes. about yeah. putting it out there, you know, mm-hmm. and keep going. I've got to keep going as well because <laughs> um, I want it out there. Yeah. Um, and, but it's, it's just, it's, yeah, you've just got to keep going and be brave. Yeah, putting, and I'll, putting, I will publish it for sure. Like, um, right. it's, not, it's not even a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Like, I will do it. It's just a, yeah, it's trying to get to that point where you're happy to say, okay, yeah, that that is enough. Because I can imagine you can always go, well, I can change that bit or I can add that bit or take that bit out. You can always change it, right? You must be able to, there's so many pages that you could really get quite into it too much. So I guess from your experience, how do you, how do you know when, to say, yeah, that's enough. That's great. I'm going to go with that. How did you get to that point? So what you do, you do your draft. Yeah. You get your beta readers. You do your editing, you know, get the editing done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can keep looking at it over and over again and still find more errors. Yeah. No how many times you look at it. Yeah. You've got to get to a point where you go, you know what? This is perfect. This is perfect enough to release. Okay. And if you hesitate, you're never going to get it out there. Yeah, That's exactly. From, and even with the four books that I've written, when you leave a bit of space between writing it and then reading it again, you're automatically going to pick things up, improvement mm-hmm. through feedback and all the rest of it. But it's for me, it's about it's perfect for me. Yes. And I think it will be perfect for the reader. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that, you know, once you've published it, you couldn't do a second edition, a third edition. True. It's, it's not the end, right? Mm-hmm. But something that you're proud of. And it just takes courage. 
I know when I brought my first book out, it was was like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> but people loved it. So it, it was like, okay, well, I've done it once. That gives you the confidence to then go go at, go at it again and, and bring another one out. So I think you've got to be brave, right? Um, yeah. It's a brave person and someone who's got courage that can put their creativity out into the world. Mm-hmm. And I applaud anyone that, that does that. Yeah, and that's kind of why I started a podcast. Yeah, that's why I started a podcast. I thought, well, I'm not great at writing. Well, let's at least get people on to talk about it, right? And I can share some of my stories and get other people's stories like yourself. So that was another way for me to uh, kind of engage with the community because maybe that's just a bit of um, lack of confidence in my writing because um, I just, just not very good at it. Um, but maybe this will help me in my journey for my book. It's quite an interesting conversation because you don't find too many people writing a book. It's quite a it's quite a unique and personal thing. Like I don't think I know anyone personally um, who's written a book. So it's not that, it's not something you can actually discuss with many people. Yeah, it's um it's addictive. When you do it, you you know you just keep going. It's like it opens up a, a creativity part yeah. in your brain. Mm-hmm. You, I know this sounds funny. You can be in the shower. And something will come to you. And you're like, <laughs> Quick. So what I've done is I keep a notebook in the bathroom because it tend, these things tend to come to you at the funniest time, the inspiration. It's like you open up something in your brain and everything is like is a floodgate and everything just comes out. And it's really interesting. And um, I would never have thought that before I started writing. But it, <laughs> it's like it's just opened up something. And I think it's really great. Um You'll do your book and I'll buy it. Well, so as I'm going to say, thank you very much. I will um, grab so you your four it. copies as well. So um, don't you worry about that. Right. <laughs> and yeah, the, the shower thing is interesting because I got this. You know, you're not the first person I've heard saying that. Um, I do follow um, some people, obviously, on social media. One's a, a PT instructor and he's called James Smith. Um, I, yeah, I quite like the guy. He's, he's British, but he loves Australia. He's trying, he's trying to move to Australia, but... He says his best ideas either come in the shower or through a walk. So he's like yourself. He'll have probably his dictaphone or his phone or a book in the shower because he says content and stuff with his books always came in the shower. It's quite, it's quite a weird. I still can't work out why that's a thing, but um, apparently it is. I think the blood goes to the brain. Yeah. And you re- must be relaxed at that time. Yes. Yeah. Another good thing that I only... Another good thing I've started doing is I am using a, a dictaphone now to capture a lot of the content for the books. Yes. And you can be out walking, like the, mm-hmm. like the guy that you mentioned, and actually just talking to the phone. Yeah. Obviously, when obviously when people walk past you, it's like, oh, just press pause and then just keep going. But yeah. um, but I've, I've found it is actually very very useful. You can get your first draft out by just talking into it into your mobile. Yeah, and this podcast is the same thing. Like, this is now another, I don't know, number two book if you like. I can like write about what all you guys have said, like the best bits, right? And what I've learned from each one of you that's been on the podcast. That's like another way. It's like a dictaphone, isn't it? But we get to record it as we speak now. So um, that's that's something I'm really looking forward to in the future. But I need to get this first book done first. And get like yeah. my past history up to date and so not so i can write it off and say i've done it but so it's like a little chapter close and then i like 
I've recorded all the stuff, all the stories, all the tips. It's there in the book. And you can refer people to the book sometimes. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think once I get my first draft, I'm about three quarters of the way through. I think uh, that'd be quite a good moment, almost a proud moment, I think, just to get that first draft go, wow, I've written that book. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be perfect. No, That's true. Yeah. It become, you're perfected as you go through the, the editing and, and people read it um, and they give you the feedback because um, sometimes you can be very close to it and you don't see it like other people see it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you'll love it. You'll, I'm pretty sure it'll open the floodgates once you get that first book out in the world. You'll be like, oh, okay, where's the next one? Yeah, and talking about your books as well. So I want to get some tips and tricks from one of your books. So can you name three tips that maybe people are not aware of that helps them save money when they travel? Yeah, one that is definitely a, a tip is to look at the country that you're traveling to and look at the exchange rates. Okay. So if you're wanting to travel, so, so for me, Asia is a, a brilliant place because yes. the exchange rate against the Australian dollar is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Take that into consideration. So for instance, you might want to go to the US. Keep an eye on the exchange rate. If it becomes very favourable, purchase a stack of money. So whether it, you know, two, three, four, five hundred dollars worth, mm-hmm. that in itself is going to save you money. Okay. You may be hanging on to that money for a little bit. Yeah. But it's actually going to save you money because the dollar might be down against your currency, but you bought it at a really good price. So you're <laughs> actually getting better value for your money. Yeah. Get that. One tip. Another tip. Um, utilize your, your frequent flyer points. Mm-hmm. So when you're booking, you know, you could have a number of frequent flyer programs. For me, I, tr- I try and focus on one. Make, you, you're going to need a flight. You're going to need accommodation. You might mm-hmm. need a car. You might all need all these other things. If you've got a really robust frequent flyer or loyalty program, they'll offer you all that at pretty good prices. Yeah. You'll get double, triple, and quadruple points depending on when you get it. And another really good tip is to always purchase before you leave. So um, don't leave it to the last minute. I mean, it depends on if you're doing last minute travel. It's not mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. But if you're planning, say, six, three to six months in advance, if you pay ahead of time, you'll save a lot of money. Yeah. Um, 100%. And prepay for things before you arrive. Mm-hmm. Because normally when you arrive somewhere, you're paying in their currency and that's going to cost you more. Yeah, that's a great point, that. I think the frequent flyers is a good point. What, what we do here is, and a few people of mine do this, I just have a credit card that offers air miles or air points and we just put everything on that and then pay off because each dollar is, is a point or whatever it is or double points of use like petrol or gas or something. So that then builds up. You probably know this, that it builds up and we just have points now to use either for flights or something travel related. So all the time that we book flights, we came home here. Um, I used a lot of my points last year because we tried to go back home at Christmas. But this year I've accumulated more points and I managed to get like some money off my flight here. So it definitely does help because um, you don't want to pay top dollar for stuff. Like it, is li- it can get a bit expensive that way. 
Um, but I also found somewhere like Asia yeah. is is great for value for money because it's just so cheap out there, isn't it? Yeah. And even like for an Australian like myself, even Honolulu for us. Oh, yeah. It's now it sounds crazy. We could get a flight pre-COVID cheaper than we could a flight to Perth within <laughs> our own country. Wow. Or get a, get a, not that I've been to Bali recently, but you go to Bali cheaper than you could go to, say, Queensland. Depending That's on where crazy, you isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> um, because we're such a, a, a big country. Yeah. Um, and the distance is quite far. Yeah. I mean, Asia's, if you really want to save money, um, but it depends on where you are in the world, obviously. But mm-hmm. for Australians, that's a really cheap place. Um, and, yeah, but there's a few other places, but I'd say that's probably where most people go because of the money aspect and, and the saving. Yeah, it just goes further. So you can go for longer if you're if you're happy to go, if you've not got a time constraint. Um, like I've done in the past, you can go for three or four months because it doesn't really eat into your budget, but you can't do the same time in Australia because it's way too expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been a bit switched on to where you're going, unless you've got a lot of money, which most people don't. But um, yeah, that's kind of things to kind of keep a bit switched on about. Um, it's interesting yeah. about the cheap flights because in Canada, it's way more expensive to go from Vancouver to Toronto than let's say if I want to go to LA or San Fran. It's so much cheaper to go down West Coast US because it's actually closer. It's two, two hours to Vegas mm. or two hours to San Fran, but it's four or five hours to Toronto. So um, it's weird. I, I, Australia, you've got Tiger, is it Tiger Air or Jetstar? Uh, if I remember, you, you have like really cheap yeah, so airlines Jetstar, for that. So Jetstar um, is owned by Qantas. So we've got Qantas, yes. Jetstar, and then Virgin. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Jetstar is sort of a competitor of Virgin. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's crazy um, that you can do that. But it, it's what you want, I suppose, you know, where people want to go. Yeah, and, and Canada doesn't have a cheap flight alternative. There's no, no cheap. There's a few airline carriers, but um, it's just not that easy to travel across Canada. It's quite strange. But yeah, so most people here go down the west coast because going to Seattle is like forty-five minutes, and it's like fifty dollars or something. It's really cheap. Yeah. Um, another question I got from one of your books is, and this is very prominent now, is travel and safety. Uh, sorry, travel and health and safety. So how can you? Mm. Uh, look after your health when you're traveling what's a few things that um you think are key um one on top of my head is vaccinations i've got a lot of those some people skip them because they're they're expensive but you can't put a price on health can you yeah one thing that i do i mean look obviously we've got the sanitation wipes that we've got now because of covid and all that um but it's just about where you're actually located on the flight oh Okay. Can be the make or break between you getting sick and not getting sick. Oh wow! What's this? Um, I've never heard of this. <laughs> if you if you've got a if you've got a seat near a toilet, yeah, people that are really sick are going to be in that toilet quite a bit. Yeah, they're going to go there. Um, also, um, the window the window seats are actually better seats to be in than in the aisle. The oh, okay. aisles get a lot more traffic. Yeah. A lot more people passing by. Mm-hmm. And in the window seat, you're a bit more protected. Oh, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. There's yeah. a few other things. I won't give, give away all my secrets, but <laughs> there's a few other things that you can do for yourself while you're on the flight. Um, 
and just to really be prepared. So, yeah. you know, I think a no-brainer, if you're going to a developing country, get your vaccinations, yeah. you know, whether it's yellow fever, you know, and, and any of those, it, it, you're only looking for trouble if you don't do those things. Mm. Um, and it's just about what you do when you're actually over there as well. So yeah. we're really lucky, I think, in, in Canada and Australia and even the UK, our water supplies are pretty healthy, like Decent. pretty good. Yeah. In a lot of some of these countries, the water is not good. It's not, not to the standard that we're used to. Mm-hmm. And you could be doing a, a silly thing, a simple thing like cleaning your teeth and actually get sick because you, you, you've actually got the water in your mouth. So it's just oh, about... Yeah. Um, about the, using the bottled water, use bottled water when we clean our teeth. But if you're using the the local water, um, you can get sick just from by doing that. Um, and then it's just also around the hygiene of the foods and and all that sort of thing. Um, I think a lot of it's common sense, but I think when people travel, sometimes they forget those things. Yeah, I think it's easy to forget. I've definitely forgotten. Um, when I was in India, I got sick quite badly. I don't really know where and how that happened but I was in bed for like three or four days I was just couldn't eat any or drink anything I just drink drank water and that was it I couldn't even eat anything but it could have been a bit of fruit so m- my tip would be if you're gonna get fruit from a market like a stool have your bottle of water and wash it because it's kind of been mm. out maybe a little bit um longer than you think so um but obviously stone fruit is fine because it's covered by the when you peel it off and stuff like that but like oranges are fine but you've got apples or I don't know peaches or, or something like or pears you definitely need to wash it with water um so maybe like you said I, I just maybe forgot one time just one time had a bit mm. of fruit or something that was like that and yeah I was gone for like three or four days it wasn't very nice another another big one is lettuce they wash the lettuce in yes. local water yes of course yeah avoid lettuce and avoid lettuce at all costs <laughs> yeah you don't need it anyway so- don't eat any fruit unless you can peel it yourself because that, then that way you're not getting anyone handling it, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. And I also think that you, you maybe got to accept if you're going somewhere in Asia, for example, or even South America, that you're going to get different bacteria. So it for me, it can play up with me quite badly. So I kind of fully accept that I might have a ropey few days here and there. Um, it's just your body getting used to the, the local customs, if you like, with bacteria and stuff. So... Yeah, just quite accept that that, that is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But there's things like jet lag and all that. Um, which again, I've got tips in the book about how to sort of improve your reaction to jet lag and and all that sort of thing. But yeah, there's a lot of it has always been around. It's just I think it's more applicable now, especially mm. with health being such a focus and safety. I mean. Um, depending on whether you're travelling with someone or you're on your own, there's certain things that you can do to keep yourself safe as well. Yeah. Um, because, again, you know, countries that you're travelling to may not be as lawful as where we live or where we come from. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. Just, just about how you protect yourself around that. Um, and, yeah, and, and just I think it's just about prep, really, being pre- prepared um, and Having a contingency plan is always a good thing too. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad idea that. Yeah, I've kind of been I kind of thrown myself into countries where it's been like, well, what is this? Um, so you, 
you want to deal with that without having to worry about your health because if you're trying to like acclimatize to a new culture and you're ill it's just going to be all a bit overwhelming so um yeah if you can prep as much as possible you know get, get your malaria tablets stuff like that um, as well mm -hmm. that would definitely help absolutely so all these books and all this blogging can be found on your website um or information at least on the smarttravelista.com um yeah what's your main sort of like um platform that you use is it your website or do you have social medias that are more prominent i think i use everything oh, yeah. so um blogging um try and do that really regularly yes um, i'm pretty pretty constant on social media as mm -hmm. well um a lot of engagement there um yeah. i probably get i get quite a few messages via the website that people contact me yeah, so that is small, um, yeah, the, the smarttravelista.com, right? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So I get quite a, a number of people commenting on the blogs and then also just sending me private um, sort of emails as well. Um, I try and balance it all up. So I've got my book commitments. You yes. know, I want to bring out so many books a year. I want to also do the blog and keep that up mm -hmm. and then also have the social media and obviously go on podcasts yeah of what i'm doing with this now <laughs> um so it makes it a very busy life it's a full-time um, job isn't it and I, but i think the blogging <laughs> it is and i have a full-time job as well so oh. it, i'm pretty much working seven days a week um but i love it right yeah you love it um, yeah that's different but it's just about how you balance it out mm -hmm. yeah and it's but one good one good tip is the blogging actually improves your writing because you you've got to bring it out so regularly so you actually yes. it actually helps with the writing that's what i've found anyway how, how regular is your blog i've been doing it every week just lately i've had a few things on but yeah. um actually going to do a blog post tonight yeah um, but i try and do at least one a week i think that's manageable um I'd like to be able to do more than that, but having a full-time job and, and other commitments, you know, can get quite busy. But I think if you're going to commit to a blog, you've got to make sure that you're doing it regularly. Yes, it's key. People, people look forward to getting your, your um, blogs. Yes. And they'll lose interest if you're not doing that regularly. Is that the so, same as your, your newsletter? Is that the same thing? Because I've, I've signed up to your... Uh, newsletter from your website is that the same as oh, your blog yeah. so i've got a blog and i've also got a newsletter oh it's different um, okay yeah yeah but the, but the blog is probably part of the is the form of the newsletter at the moment so when okay. the blog comes out then you'll get yeah get the email on it as the other subscribers will um but yeah it, it's i think for me it's about the balance of everything together yeah that's um, key yeah. i love doing it but time permitting right it's um, you've got to fit everything in. Yeah, um, and it's been good with COVID. It's giving me it's given me extra time because we've basically been at home. Yes. Um, yeah. We'll we'll see what happens when we start travelling. <laughs> How it goes. Yeah, I think um, COVID's been okay for that, but it's also tough working at home full time. I've been working at home as well full time, so trying to juggle that mm -hmm. and this podcast and then trying to do my social medias is is it's like having two full time jobs. So if I was doing books like yourself and blogs even busier like that's crazy like you do have to balance it out um, and try and keep yourself sane but 
Um, your subscribers, I think I saw on your newsletters around 4,300, I think I saw. Something like that um, when I was the latest one to sign up. So I would encourage people to sign up so they can get um, your newsletter and your blog and all your blogs. So you can find that on your website as well as um, you're on all the social medias, right? Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter. Yep. Yeah. So yep. people can reach out to me on any of those. I always love a chat um, and love engaging with people. Um, as I said before, you get the best ideas from people. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a gold mine, isn't and it? And something you might not have even thought of, you go, oh, gosh, that's brilliant. That's when the, the notepad comes in handy. But notepads yeah. around the house. Around the house, yeah. In every room, just in case the inspiration strikes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's really good. It's, it's something that I love, um, as you – I know you love your, your podcasting and, and your travel as well. So – I'm talk, talking to someone who's a, a converted to that lifestyle, so that's good. Yes, um, very much so. <laughs> yes, and I, and I think you've got to love it. Yeah. To be doing it well, you've got to really love it and be authentic. Authentic is, is key, and also you've got to love the process. I think um, in my early days, in my podcasting, I used to get obsessed with uh, downloads, how many I was receiving a day, a week. I do check regularly now but I don't get as obsessed because I think having you can have one person that logs in every week to download it and that's just enough right it makes it worthwhile because they, they're looking forward to maybe hearing what you're, you've got to say um so thankfully it's grown more than one <laughs> uh but yeah it, it's the process of getting people like yourself onto podcast recording learning from you today I've learned some stuff already so that's great I'm now going to get some thoughts on your travels in a minute so I'm looking forward to that um but also mm -hmm knowing where to look so i now i now know if i need some budget tips um i'll buy books anyway but um i can go on your website or look at one of your blogs i know that you've probably done a blog on maybe usa or somewhere in asia of how to save money so that's kind of quite cool about it right you can just help people that now know that oh so linda does this that's quite a cool thing to have yeah. isn't it yeah i think so and it's about sharing so yes yeah yeah but for me the smart travelist is about sharing my expertise and knowledge with people. So it helps their hopes helps them travel better. Yes. Um, and I think whether it's a blog, whether it's a book, you're sharing and you're helping people. And mm -hmm. for me, that's very satisfying, you know, and um, yeah, it, it's, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it. And it's, you know, it, I'm very passionate about the travel and the writing. It's, it's like you get lost in that world and it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's a bit, yeah. I can see why it's addictive um, to get involved in that sort of stuff because you can just sit for an hour and write about one place that you've been to or about some experience that you've experienced. So it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, to finish on that, so you're, I guess you've got the same handle on all your social medias. It is the Smart Travelista on Instagram and then I guess Facebook, Pinterest and Twitter are the same. Yeah, Twitter's a little bit different, I think. Someone had grabbed my name on that one. So oh, okay. I'm the underscore, underscore Travelista on there. But, cool. you know, um, my profile's got the smart Travelista, so they know me as that on there. Um, but, yeah, trying to keep everything consistent. Um, yeah. And same with the website. Um, easier for people to find me and, and yes. you know, um, rent out. Yeah, all your uh, links on your website, I think, at the top right-hand corner. So when you go into your 
website if you go top right you see the social media links there um, yeah. for people who are maybe wondering where that is so I think I've got pretty much most of my questions out for your blog and travel writing and stuff um I want to move on to actual countries you travel because is where I get really excited about in terms of like oh you've been there like what's it like uh, I've noted down some countries out of the 31 you travel to yeah and these are probably based on places I've not been to uh, and or going um, but I want to get some tips so one that piqued my interest is Monaco <laughs> because I tell you why your mantra is traveling um, as smart as you can in terms of money but Monaco I believe is quite expensive so how did you find that I'll tell you the tip I didn't didn't stay in Monaco we visited uh, Monaco you stayed in Nice Stayed in Nice. <laughs> yeah. And then, then we did little side trips into Monaco. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. So when I was there, um, it was a few years back, on a Kentucky tour. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, so we went, we went all the way around Europe. Better Australian. 30-day Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a, few, a few Canadians and Americans go on them, but it's mainly Australians and New Zealanders. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's any of the listeners aren't, aware of what a Kentucky tour is. It's a group of um, young people traveling, um, enjoying themselves, not clubbing and drinking <laughs> and, and, and sleeping on the bus in the morning because they've had too much to drink the night before. Yeah. Um, and then doing it all over again the next night. <laughs> so probably just your normal um, young person's trip. Um, but yes, we stayed in Nice. Yeah. And went for little side trips into Monaco. So we, we visited the, I think it was the Monte Carlo Casino, which was, my God, that was the most elaborate casino I've ever seen in my life. Imagine. <laughs> um, the dress code was almost suit level. Um, so we, we were lucky that we had, they told us ahead of time, you, you must, before we left, they were saying you must have something that's really um, really, really smart mm -hmm. because we're going to go into this casino fantastic um went around we were just like part of the furniture there because we were all dressed to the nines you know <laughs> all done up they didn't even blink an eyelid um if we'd gone in the previous night's attire then i don't know whether we would have lasted too long there yeah yeah okay yeah um, um but yeah so that was one place but yeah an excellent place it was i don't know it showed you the other how the other half lives yeah it's um, quite interesting there's a there's a um documentary on bbc i think it was released last year it's during it's during lockdown um and it's about just monaco what's like to live there and they i think it's like five or six parts they they sort of follow the king a little bit um or the prince albert or whatever his name is and it's it's addictive for celebrities because of the, there's no tax for a start and um, but also there's there's acceptance there that most people that you're probably seeing are worth quite a bit of money so mm -hmm. i guess in a in a way it's a, it's a strange thing to say it's almost like a fair society there because everyone's got money and maybe there's billionaires and millionaires are different but unlike normal streets you walk around melbourne you see someone driving a ferrari well they're gonna have more money than probably most people you're seeing around you but in monaco i guess it's oh yeah i can i, I can buy one of those if i want you know it's that sort of that higher end rich society i guess yeah yeah 
your mouth's probably down like this. Yeah. Um, looking at looking at all the money around, but it, it, you know it's interesting. It's you know one day become rich and famous, you'll be having nice things as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I think um yeah. We'll see about that, but <laughs> um, you can dream. You can't you can't drive there, right? It's too small, so that wouldn't that wouldn't fit yeah. my Ferrari there. I think I think they have. Uh, what do you call them, concierge, but that yeah, yes. your, your car, porters <laughs> or whatever they're called, take yeah. your car and then park it for you. But, um, yeah, I think if you're going to travel, you've, you've got to see everything, right? Don't yeah, you? I, I do want to see it, yeah. It's on my list. Yeah, um, you've just got experience to it. it. It's, um, it's a very intriguing and interesting place. And, yeah, I'm glad I went there. It was, you know, and we were lucky that we, we went there. It was part of the trip, so... Mm. Um, but yeah, that would be my tip. Stay in Nice and um, get your transport in there and enjoy Lovely. yourself while you're there. Okay, that's great to know. Okay, I don't think it, it, as in Monaco is a place that's quite small, very sunny, um, mm. Mm. very high rise place, right? Because it's so small, they have to build up. So uh, on this documentary, the I think they built or there's plans to build like a little man made island out. So they can build another high rise or something there. So it's quite intriguing to see how it works. Um, mm. Yeah, I, it's on my list. It's not an immediate list, but I'll pop to Nice and then I'll go over to Monaco. Right. Good. Okay, next one. You've been to UAE. So uh, again, somewhere that actually quite a few people have been to. I think it's a quite popular place because it's quite cheap to go from London to UAE. It's a real cheap flight to get sort of into the next continent in Asia. So um, where did you go there and what was your plans when you were there? So for me, um, a lot of the flights from Australia go via there. Through oh, yes, London. of course. Yeah. So the way to do it is do it via a stopover. So normally it's either going there or, or coming back. Um, and what I do, I didn't find it that expensive. I think probably because I was redeeming points okay. to, to go there. Yeah. Um, and the thing with redeeming the, the frequent flyer miles is never never do it on short haul flights. Do it on the longer. Of course. Haul yes, makes sense. Yeah. You're getting more value. Mm -hmm. So I always make sure that I'm using a few of the points when I'm in Dubai um, because and so it's just about knowing. So you do your research. You go, okay, that's a bit of an expensive place. Mm -hmm. Where is the best value going to be for me to use these points? Yeah. And that's the way of making a, a, a country or a place that you think is really expensive a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. And where did you stay in UAE? Um, I was in Dubai. Yeah. Um, and because I love the shopping, I made sure I was in a hotel that was very close yeah. to the, all the shopping centres. That's fair. And then that way I, I didn't have to spend too much on transport. Um, and it's quite an unusual place, actually. You can walk around at 7 p.m. at night while it's dark. Yeah. And it's very, very safe um, yeah. for, for Westerners. Um, so what I would do is um, go shopping, probably for about 12 hours, 12-hour <laughs> shopping trip. Um, I'd get the shopping because I was close to the hotel, come back, put it back in my suitcase, then go back on the monorail and then head back up again. Um, but it's just about having the right location. So you're going to do shopping, 
make sure you're right near the, the shops, right, the shopping mall. It's you're going to do something else, make sure you, you're near there. So again, you know, you might like, um, I don't know, you might like water sports or something like that when you're travelling. Make mm -hmm. sure that your accommodation is near the beach. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're inadvertently saving money because you're where you need to be. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it really depends on what, what you're doing, right? So I like the shopping. Someone else might like something else. Consider that when you're thinking about your, loca your location. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Are you going to do sightseeing? What, is, what are the activities you're going to do? If you want to do a lot of the stuff, you want to be close to the CBD or the central business dis district, wherever you're traveling, make sure you get a hotel that's close by. Yeah. Um, because the further out you, at, you are, the more you're going to pay in transport. So it's, yeah, just considering things like that. Um, but yeah, Middle East, there's so many countries there. Um, so many, yeah. So many. Um, but Dubai is really cosmopolitan and, and really um, surprised me, actually, how, how good it was. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of good things about it and some not so good things about it. But, you know, you, I think you've got to go for the good, don't you, in most countries? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I think um great tip about where to place yourself as well. I've never really considered that as a thing. Um, I've always pretty much gone with the cheapest thing. But, yeah, you're right. If you're... I don't know, five miles out of town, you are going to pay in transport. I um, never really kind of considered that as a good way of making things efficient in terms of money and time. So, yeah, that's another good tip yeah. I didn't really think about. Even hostels, like when most hostels, most good ones are kind of central anyway. Um, but, yeah, if it's got if a place has got a lake and you want to do some water sports, then, yeah, you want to be pretty near that instead, right? So, yeah, it's a good tip. Yeah, yeah. Um. On the opposite end of the scale, in terms of pricing and pricing and sort of how expensive it is, is Mexico. Um, you've been to Mexico. Uh, where did you go there? I went to Tijuana. Oh, nice. Um, Across the border from yeah. San Diego. Yeah. 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 So um, was in LA, um, went down to San Diego and then went into Tijuana. Yes. Been there a few times. Um, it's a bit of a cheaper, nasty place, but it's very yeah. interesting as well. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit messy if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of stories from down there. I think my first, <laughs> um, my first visit there, we were on the American border. So you've got uh, the American border and then the Mexican border. And there was these two Mexicans that were pinned up on a police car. Yeah. Um, and the police were, yeah, give, not give, giving them a bit, bit of a bad time. Mm -hmm. And then I went, what have I got myself in, into? <laughs> um, but then you go in there. Um, it's quite an interesting place. They've got some really tacky things there, like they've got um, donkeys that they paint with zebras. To, <laughs> they look what? like a zebra. Um, they've got really good um, duty-free goods down there. Yeah. Um, you can get alcohol really cheap and also like perfumes and things like that and aftershaves. Um, and they love their tequila. Of course, um, yeah. So you, they have a lot of, I don't know whether you've got this in, in Canada or the U, UK, you probably have. Um, they have like pubs that are open all 24 hours down there. Oh, um, okay. And, and you go in there and you think it's, it's nighttime because everything's blackened out. Um, went in there and because I was on a bit of a tour and um, 
and yeah, they were giving us tequila, um, probably the best tequila I've ever tasted down there. Can't stand um, it. <laughs> Not a fan. They do it differently. <laughs> they do it a little bit different down there. Okay. Um, but I made sure I did my shopping first and then went in there. Yeah. Um, and then we had a, and we we slept all the way back because you know they should do if you've had a little bit too much to drink. Yeah. By the by the way, I'm not a big drinker anymore. Um, but you know <laughs> when you're young you do these things. Um, but yeah, it's a, quite an interesting place. It's um, it's probably not the real look. It's Mexico, but it's not right into um, you know Mexico City and all that. Um, yeah, I think it's so, so many Americans go down to Tijuana from the border because. Because things are so much cheaper that like they would nip there to get, go and get their their teeth done at the dentist or go to a doctor even because they can get the same level of care for like really cheap price um so i can imagine there's a bit more americanized on in tijuana um like san diego and tijuana are probably like sister cities right they probably just go over one every day right to, to each other so mm. yeah I, I, i'd imagine the real mexico be yeah, right down into the into the middle of the country yeah yeah but yeah it's um, a nice nice place down there um but america too is is amazing as well so diverse um in, in the, the us i've been through to la a number of times mm -hmm. new york those two countries are, are those two um places are so diverse yes la very different to new york and i think i think they're rivals i think aren't they that's the big, yeah. big ones on each coast yeah and then down to Miami, which was really amazing. Like, it's a, quite a pretty place. And a different di demographic down there, too. You've got a lot of Latinos and yes. Cubans. And, mm -hmm. But really pretty. Um, the beaches are lovely. Um, but, yeah, I think we're really lucky in the world. We have so many great countries to visit. So much Too many. diversity. Yeah. It's amazing. That's why... We're lucky. That's why I love the US, right? Because I got everything. I think I said this before. I don't keep repeating myself on different episodes of podcasts, but like you say, you've been to say you got New York that like you've been to, very culture based, very early settlers there in terms of European settlers, and you nip, nip above New York to the New England areas. Like it's like being back at UK, but newer. <laughs> it's got the rolling hills and stuff like that. But then you take a trek down to South to Miami. You've got the beaches, got Florida Keys, you've got all the Latino influence down there. And then you flip across to the West Coast and there's still Latino influence because it's obviously above Mexico, but you've got obviously the whole American culture of Hollywood and that sort of stuff there. And it's just great weather and loads of sports and music. And it's just everything you need in one country, isn't it? And I, I can see why Americans don't travel that much because why abroad anyway? Why would you? Because you've got so much diversity in their own country. Yeah. And then same with Australia. Like we've got a lot of di diversity here as well. It's um, and, and I, you know, um, you probably read on my website that I went around Australia um, when I was, yeah. when I was younger. Yeah, tell us a bit about that. We oh, that four was, months, that, right? That was an, um, four months. That was amazing. I think me and my brother were most excited about having um, a whole term off school. Yeah. Um, we loved that because it was like no homework. What we didn't know is my father had gone to the to the school teachers and asked for homework. So <laughs> 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 um every night he said get on get on the table and and do your homework your allocated homework so we still had to do that um but yeah we had a fabulous trip we went we traveled about twelve thousand miles by road 
Um, we went wow. from wow. Uh, we went from Sydney to Melbourne to Adelaide, up through Cooper Pedy, up through Northern Territory, yeah. Alice Springs, um, Ayers Rock, up through Catherine, Darwin, then around the Western Australian coast, um, Broome, Geraldton, oh. um, and then That's... went went down to Perth and yeah. then went across the Nullarbor Plains and came all the way back. So we didn't do Queensland or, or Tasmania, but pretty much did every, everywhere else. Yeah. Talk about, talk about diversity, my goodness. What a trip Australia, that is. God. Yeah, it was massive. And it was such a great education at that age. It really started me travelling, I think. Um, started the travel bug for me, I know, because it just opened my eyes to what travel was about. Um, and it's really been that sort of life for me ever since. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was amazing. And when people say, you know, have you travelled your own country? Absolutely. I've seen everything that this country's got to offer. Um, I did, did lucky to have done it first before I then could afford to do international trips. Yeah, so that's key, I was right? Really lucky. What, what um, I find so in... That was the big, what I find in like your country, it's Australia and Canada and US, road trips are huge. Like maybe from UK, not as big. Um, you just get on a cheap flight to Europe somewhere because we're an island, right? A small island. But I figure here in Canada, US and Australia, you get you, you get your car or your, or your camper van, you go off for like a month or two. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. It's, it's hard to explain to people who have never been to a big country in terms of landmass what it's mm-hmm. like. Like for me here well, in Vancouver, it takes eight hours to get to the next province which is about an eight hour drive whereas the uk that's top to bottom and a bit left over in terms of time so mm. yeah it's it's that whole road trip mentality that i've kind of embraced a little bit more since i've moved to canada and i think we're going to embrace that even more next year when we go on our own road trips or hopefully anyway um, if covid kind of calms down but yeah that's that whole road trip mentality i love it yeah it's it's amazing and the people that you meet, I think one really um, great thing when we were going across Nullarbor Plains, I don't know whether people know too much about that, but quite um, straight and very straight. <laughs> and not, yeah. you don't see a lot of people. No. And when you do see them, your arms are out the window waving. And, <laughs> and because you haven't seen people for a while, it's yeah, like yeah. a long stretch. And the beauty of the scenery is just, I can't put it into words. The great Australian bike, it is just phenomenal um you don't understand until you see it for yourself um mm. there is a train that began i think that goes across yeah. also um if people are interested instead, yeah. instead of driving you can get a train across um but the scenery is just to die for um but yeah re- always remember we hadn't seen anyone for a few hours and then all of a sudden we'd see a truck and we'd be madly waving and they'd be <laughs> waving back to us and it was like you bonded with the travellers as you were going across. Um, but, yeah, it was a, a really, I feel really blessed that I had that experience at such a young age. That is very lucky, I must admit. Um, a lot of people don't get that sort of experience, early doors anyway. Mm-hmm. And that Nullarbor is the longest, straightest road in the world, right, for a, period, for a patch of it. It's like, yeah, it's, I don't know how long that is, that that length of road, but it's very long, right? Yeah, it's really Straight. long, Sacco. All the way from Perth through to, I think it's somewhere in South Australia. Yeah, so it, it, it's massive. It's it's a long stretch. Um, but yeah, it's look, it's that's the way to go 
if you've got the time, mm. go on a road trip because you're going to see things that potentially other people won't if they're flying in and out of places. Yeah, and it's freedom. It's the ultimate freedom. Mm. Um, as long yeah. as your car is going okay, you can literally go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's the best way of travelling if you can, but um, I guess it's all based on where you're from, right? Growing up in Australia, you've got arguably no choice to drive unless you want to fly because <laughs> it's so far away. Um, so you're going to kind of be not forced into it, but you, it's going to be a thing you have to do anyway. Um, yeah. but I guess if, if you grow up somewhere really small like Monaco, you're never going to do road trips, are you? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, Australia's great. It's one of my favourite countries in the world. So um, when we go back there next time, I think yeah. another ball is on the top three list to do. Yeah, absolutely. You won't regret it. Yeah, 100%. Okay, I've got some um, finish off some travel questions for you. It's travel question time. Um, they're kind of like quick fire questions uh, of your favourite things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of ask all my guests these questions. So um, I love doing these because people get really stuck with them. <laughs> okay so this is a good first one for you because you're from australia um what is your favorite beach that you've been to bondi love it okay um favorite coffee in terms of like a country's coffee or a city that you love going for coffee if you drink coffee don't drink coffee but i think um italy does good coffee yeah love that uh what's your favorite city Favourite city? Gosh, I have so many, James. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd have to say Rome. Nice. Yeah. Very historic. Um, I don't know if you're much of a trekker or a walker, but have you got a favourite trek or walk that you've done? Not really a trekker, but I walk everywhere. So it's okay. another good money-saving tip, walk everywhere. What's your, like, favourite maybe city to walk in, do you think, like where you're like, oh, wow. Um, Sweden's really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really flat and you can go from one island to another and okay. you can walk forever. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Um, this is kind of difficult as well. Favourite country that you've been to? Would be, uh, yeah, probably Italy. Italy, yeah. Okay. Um, maybe more to your younger days. Favourite party place? Favourite party place? Um, probably Monaco. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> favourite landmark that you've seen? Oh, favourite landmark. Gosh, um, so many. Yeah. I think one that I re really love is the Eiffel Tower. Oh, it's great. Yeah, going up to the top. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, even seeing it from afar, you can walk through the little streets in Paris and it's like pop up. Like in between the houses yeah. or between the streets. It's brilliant. Yeah. But I think uh, close second, the close yeah. second would be the Burj Khalifa. Ah, yeah. That's huge, isn't it? I can't get my head around how big that is. Um, yeah. But I need to go there to actually see it. Um, next one is your favourite, like, cuisine or food worldwide? What's your favourite? I think Chinese. Yeah, lovely. Okay. Um, your favourite, like, I, I didn't have to word this one, but I got activity, but it's more like that high adrenaline activity. Have you done many or 
Have you got a favourite? Um, I did the shot over jet in uh, Queenstown in New Zealand. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was pretty, that was pretty high adrenaline. Um, you had to, had to make sure your head didn't hit into the side of the, side of the um, <laughs> cliff face that they were going in and out of. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> favourite country to, to live in, if you had to choose one, maybe apart from your own? Um, I reckon Canada. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've heard that Canada Canada's very similar in lifestyle to Australia, um, that there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. But other than that, prob probably the UK. Okay. And what do you think? Oh, this is a brilliant question for you. Um, not many people know how to answer this one, but which country is the best value for, for your money? Vietnam. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I, that'd be my, one of my top three, I think. Mm. Um, and lastly, last question. If you were to um, think of someone who's maybe never been abroad or travelled that much, um, but is considering going, but it's kind of like on the fence if they should go or not, what would you say in a few sentences of why they should go and why they should, you know, not really sort of like don't do it, you know, you've got to go out there and do it. What, what, what would you say to those people? I'd say, look, if it's your first trip, start small. Yeah. Go on a small trip. Um, go on a cheap trip. So some, something that's considered cheap in your country. Yeah. Just get your, your sea legs there. And then once you've, you know, done that successfully, then you can go on the bigger trips. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't be scared. You can do it. Just be safe. Be healthy. Um, make sure you've got a, plenty of money. Yeah. Just in case something happens. Mm -hmm. oh, and also make sure you have travel insurance. That's most important because that will save you if ever you were to be in any sort of, you know, trying circumstance. Yeah. Um, but I just tell them, be brave. You can do it. That's great. Um, I, I really want to finish on that because I think being brave and just doing it is kind of like a, a nice mantra to go by. So. I want to say, Linda, thanks for coming on. It's been a great chat. Um, I normally finish with a travel quote. I mean, but I think I like that what you just said there. So I'm going to stop there because I think that's a good mantra to have to lead this episode on. So, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks, James. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And good luck with the book. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll, I'll keep you updated. Bye for now. See you. Thank you for listening to my Winging It podcast today. You can check out my website, jameshammond.org, for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. There's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact for anything you want me to discuss to do with traveling. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, James Hammond Travel, where I post daily about my last 10 years of traveling, traveling, and more traveling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it. Leave some comments and I'd love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening, happy reading and be inspired. <laughs>